0: everybody welcome back to another episode of stories from a mountain town podcast here Uh, i am your host tyler Meany, as always and today with me i have a longtime friend of mine one of my best friends ever joel rosenberg joel welcome to the show thank you for having me yeah dr rosenberg is on duty so um joel uh is a longtime hometown friend of mine we've known each other since like i don't know like fourth, fifth grade or something, we played like little league baseball, um, grew up near each other, all that stuff, right?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, yeah, and he he came out to Jackson to visit us because he had a little bit of a break in, in your med school action, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, tell tell the audience what, um, what you're going to med school for.
1: Uh, I'm in my
0: last year of medical school and I'm going to
1: go into uh, urology which is surgery of the urinary tract where you focus on a lot of different cancer surgeries, um,
0: and just like quality of life issues. Definitely. Um, and so for people that don't know, like, what are you doing in, in your last year of med school? Like what, uh, th- what's your day to day? Like, like you, t- like with the stuff you tell me regularly. Yeah, so my day-to-day is we go on different
1: month-long or two-month-long rotations uh, at different hospitals, rotating through different areas of medicine, like pediatrics or internal medicine or surgery. And then this summer is the summer that we really focus on the area of medicine where we're going to go into, but obviously that's all suspended right now. Um, So we've got transition to online learning and then once testing increases and there's more protective equipment then we're going to go back into the hospitals.
0: Yeah so you're done you're mostly done with like classroom work right?
1: Yeah classroom work is in the first two years.
0: Yeah that's cool and do you get to pick does everybody have to do like the same uh like four or five uh like different units that they rotate around to? Yeah everybody has to do
1: maybe it's like eight core uh-huh. rotations and then you get to choose
0: different elective rotations based on your interests were there any um that like surprised you and how much you that you liked them more when you got into it or that you disliked that you thought was really weird once you got into it that you didn't think would be so weird
1: yeah every specialty has its different flow to the day So surgery obviously starts extremely early in the morning, but you're active a lot and you go into the operating rooms and uh, you're physically doing stuff. While if you're doing an internal medicine rotation, it's a lot of thinking, um, a lot of planning, a lot of figuring out, you know, what could be wrong and correcting a lot of different problems at once. So uh, you got to be very
0: good in-depth thinker for that one um is that I, is that because it's like you can't so internal medicines that mean like organs and stuff like inside yeah yeah so you when you think of general medicine that's yeah. what
1: internal medicine is
0: is it does it take all that like kind of pondering brainstorming because you can't see what's necessarily going on all the time and you kind of have to like brainstorm what the, what could be going on
1: yeah, that's a big part of it, and a lot of the people that are sick enough to be admitted into the hospital uh, usually have many different problems going on, affecting mm-hmm. many different organ systems, so you have to think about what is going on in each organ system, and how do you correct that individually, yeah. but also treat the underlying cause of of why this is occurring. Without,
0: with uh, cutting him open being a last resort. Exactly. Hey, do you ever yeah. watch House?
1: Yeah, I love that show.
0: Is it like that scene when they're all like his his teams got together and they're like, OK, she's bleeding out of her eyes. She also peeing her pants. What could it be? Yeah. <laughs> is it exactly, like that? Exactly. they're like, well, it could be this. OK, run some tests. Well, it could be this. OK, you go talk to a stripper outside and see what she did last <laughs> night. Yeah. Dr. House kind of does everything. So it's yeah. a little bit unrealistic. But yeah. I mean, it is Taylor likes to watch those shows, but they're just so dramatic. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Um. What is sort of this? Is something I've been wondering, um, just from you being in med school and hearing like your path to like choosing your um what type of medicine you want to get into. What, what are the things you think about when you to get you to that final decision of like what kind of doctor you want to be? Because you start in like pre med and it's you know anatomy, biology, it's super general stuff about the body, and then like where do you go from like. I want to be in urology. <laughs> From there, like, I don't want to be in urology. Yeah, I think part of it is thinking
1: about uh, what kind of patients you want to be with every day. Mm-hmm. So, if you want to be with kids every day, you know, you should be a pediatrician. If you want to be with older, you know, acutely sick, really sick adults, you can go into the in- intensive care units. Um, and so I always knew I wanted to be with cancer patients. Mm-hmm. Um so from being with cancer patients you either choose medical oncology which is through internal medicine or you can go with surgery uh and then urology I figured out was a surgery um specialty that deals with a lot of cancer patients but then there's also these other different aspects of urology where you're still doing short uh, but very important procedures, like um, yeah. breaking up kidney stones mm. um, for people that get a lot of kidney stones or men with um, urinary dysfunction there 's many different short, quick procedures that uh, you can you can do to to help them with that uh, and then part of it too is you learn to love certain diseases and some of the stuff, and maybe this is just by chance, or, um, but I know a couple different people who have kidney cancer, prostate cancer, and you start to get interested in that, and then um, there's a lot of different researchers at the University of Minnesota, and so I just kind of got paired with a a kidney cancer researcher there, and um, my love for
0: the urologic issues just your logic issues nice yeah cool um kidney stones absolutely terrify me because they're always they're portrayed in like movies and shows like so awfully and it's just and you can't really do anything to like prevent it right i mean like be healthy be hydrated right yeah be healthy be hydrated a
1: lot of it is genetic and so Mm -hmm. if you know if you have a family member with kidney stones, you're at a higher chance of getting it. Um, but that just terrifies me that a, like a rock would come out of your,
0: yeah, urethra.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. No, they're in a lot of pain, and uh, there is a lot of research going on right now too to find how to prevent kidney stones in the first place. But
0: oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Do you actually have to like? Do you, do you actually like have to like stick something in there to break it up? That's yeah, oh yeah. Really? Oh yeah. my god you that go in awful. you go
1: in with uh a wire and then you put the stent up and you stick a metal rod up uh, it goes through your urethra into oh your bladder God. into your ureter and you start shooting lasers at the kidney stone and you break it up and then you pull it out piece by piece
0: oh that's sick i didn't know they did the lasers i thought yeah. they just kind of like my dumb brain was like oh they just poke it and it breaks up it's like uh what's the asteroids it's like ast- well, it's like asteroids <laughs> galaga or yeah. something oh man that's hilarious um how how much like uh actual like cutting cutting training and like the procedural training have you gone through so far because that's that part always freaks me out not when there's like real do- like full doctors doing it but it's like you my good buddy joel and you're just you're you're just Joel one day, and then the next day you're able to do that procedure you just said. Like what what um, sort of like actual like the cutting training and procedural training do you guys go through?
1: Yeah, so as a medical student, you do a equivalent of two months um, doing in the in the operating room every day. But as a student, you're mainly kind of just holding things and putting the camera in different positions, mm-hmm. and then you suture up the skin afterwards after the surgery and then uh so that's like what the basic of what every medical student gets Mm -hmm. and then if you choose to go into something surgery you do extra rotations the the summer of your fourth year so you get extra practice and then after medical school is done then you start a residency program which is for urology it's five to five to six years and there you're learning you're mastering the craft of Mm -hmm. of the different procedures in urology which there are many and so uh you spend 5 years every day um doing five, surgery
0: 5 hours every day?
1: No. Or no, 5 years. 5 year 5 years. Every day you're in the sur- in the every operation day. room.
0: Well, do and is there And that's like uh grades anatomy. That's like the, there, like there you're doing the cutting. That one, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Do they have like are there like i don't know like training dolls or like vegetables or something that you guys can like practice cutting on before you get to a human yeah there's a lot of different models that we
1: use and or or uh,
0: cadavers do you ever work with cadavers
1: um in the first year of school we we do Hmm. um but yeah there's many different tools that we practice on uh fake skin pig's feet you can suture bananas yeah um yeah, we get a lot of practice before we're allowed to
0: do it. Yeah, for sure. And- that shit, all, all the like, all the complicated medical procedures that I hear about, whether from Taylor or just like, um, Taylor explained to me the how they put a ventilator in. Because that's been, you know, the popular thing right mm-hmm. now is the ventilators. And I thought the same thing of like, how does the guy train to do that? Because you can like, fuck it up. You know, like the ventilator goes in whatever the, the, the area right above the lungs is. Yeah. And then he just like fucking knocks on the rib cage and hears if it's the right sound is like yep it looks good
1: <laughs> yeah there's a
0: lot of practice um yeah
1: i've actually got to do it a couple of times so far on um, real people new yeah well wow. the new tools for that they have a camera and so you can actually see there's a screen right next to it and you can you can actually see what you're doing and where you're going uh but the scary ones are the ones where you need to do it really quick where somebody can't breathe yeah and then you gotta you, sometimes you don't have time for the camera and you got to or just or x ray right they can bring an really x ray machine to check t- too afterwards you can check it with an x ray and make sure yeah. it's in the right spot
0: yeah, all this stuff is really intense and that you you've shared with me um some of like the technological advancements to surgery and you've showed some of those videos where they're like so they're like suturing up a grape skin with robot hands hmm that's that's that is
1: so insane, yeah, so urology and uh OB gynecology is now using these robotic surgeries where you start by like you would any normal surgery or they call it laparoscopic surgery. And so you stick, you know, different arms in the patient. And, you know, before this came along, you would operate it by your hands kind of as like extensions into the body um, with and you put different tools on these sticks. Mm -hmm. And now you hook it up to a robot. You put the hands in, and then you go sit in a pod and you look through a three d camera and oh, man um it has different tools on there where you can like uh kind of like clamp blood vessels that you need to get rid of right now um and then you can like suture in the body and so whoa a lot of the prostate surgery a lot of the robotic prostate surgery um for prostate cancer is done with this now, and if you have a kidney tumor on uh, you know the top of your kidney or on the bottom of your kidney you can get away with only taking
0: away just a little part of the kidney and uh-huh. you can do that with this robot sick what should i search to find i want i want to see like what is the area the part of the the machine that you like the your hands are touching what should yeah, i search to find uh da vinci
1: robotic surgery
0: All right, so people, if you're not, if you're just listening, we're we're Google searching Da Vinci robotic surgery.
1: Click on one of these videos, and then one of the
0: first videos has got like gray, like robotic-looking arms. Two two minutes and sixteen seconds. This video is awful, but <laughs> it's a free ad right here. Yeah, hey Da Vinci, if you need some some podcast sponsors. Yeah. Oh wow. This is so cool, dude. And that, that was that her changing like one of the tools, mm-hmm. and you can just you just swap in and out the different tools onto the ro- robots like hands, basically.
1: Exactly. And so in in hospitals too, a lot of them are having these back to back. So this one surgeon's here, and then they have another surgeon on the back. And so uh-huh. there's usually a resident, you know, that is the key focus of teaching hospitals
0: whoa look at these things
1: yeah and then the attending surgeon the staff surgeon can be on the other side and so they can you know they're right there for if they need to help out
0: like the staff surgeons like watching the
1: body no there's one right here and then there's one right here and then oh. there's another surgeon at the bedside too
0: oh whoa so the the what what your hands go into it's like little loops that your fingers go into And then like your fingers, you flex your fingers and that mic moves stuff around and like does actions. Mm -hmm. That's insane,
1: dude. And a big movement with your hands is only a small movement inside the body.
0: Yeah. And it's just like a little, it's like a little tweezers, a mechanical tweezers at the end of this arm that like can, it it can rotate all these different directions and spin and twist. Oh my God, dude. Look at it. Yeah, he's moving like, six inches with his hand and it's like a millimeter mm-hmm. in the body yeah whoa have you have you practiced on this yet
1: yeah they have simulations that i can practice on uh haven't done it in a real surgery yet you need to go through all these different trainings uh and skills you have to pass all the skills before they let you is this and the this f- is
0: only what a resident would get to yeah do. oh that's sick i'm so glad we looked that up i'm mean, we've talked about it before and i didn't know what it actually looked like um do what what percentage of, of like your procedures do you think will be on something like that
1: um they try to do almost all of prostate cancer surgeries with that they do when you do when you take out part of the kidney you, they try to do it with that uh whole kidneys you can some of them are still done with making incision in the skin. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes for bladder cancer, you can do it. Um, so the I'm big out. the big cancer
0: surgeries are, yeah. are being done like that. Do you think that um, machines like that are the first step to um, making sur- making surgeons um, outdated? where like step one is us running that machine. Step, step 300 is that machine doing it itself.
1: Yeah, I don't think it'll ever happen. Never, ever. Mm-hmm. No. So, I mean, everybody is different. You know, mm-hmm. you learn the anatomy, but everybody is going to be a little bit different. And then there's the emergencies. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you don't want to trust a robot if there's an emergency or if a blood vessel gets nicked. Yeah. Uh, you need to have somebody there that can react quick and knows exactly what they're doing mm-hmm. and yeah i don't think uh these robotic surgeries will ever be fully automated
0: mm-hmm. have you have you ever heard the idea that uh or not heard of the idea but so they're making uh, they're using ai to um like an ai um what is it what kind of what kind of doctor is it that would like um do x-rays and cat scans and mris and then like analyze the images to see like what's what's wrong that's a radiologist yeah so they've they're using ai to do a radiologist job because like an ai it, since it's, it's not like you know cutting and stuff mm-hmm. they the machine takes the takes the images and then ai scans through all the images like in a microsecond and can figure out based on what way the way you program it what's wrong and they might need to put some parameters in of like you know we think it could be a torn acl so AI, look for a flash of white that says a pooling of blood around the ACL, something like that. But it's like the robot can scan images way faster and way more efficient than the human eye can. Yeah, no, that is that
1: is taking over radiology right now. And yeah, uh, we're actually doing that. I'm a part of the research for that for kidney cancer. So you can do a CT scan for kidney cancer and we're starting to be able to predict uh what kind of surgery should you do for this what's the risk that it's going to come back if you don't do chemotherapy after the surgery uh um, using ai or using ai teaching oh wow, that's insane yeah computer learning and then so yeah we've been there's a, a scholarship fund set up at the university of minnesota for this and then uh medicine is very evidence-based and we're always trying to find new ways to improve outcomes for patients and mm-hmm. so uh, this is something that you know is is a new hot topic in medicine,
0: and I yeah. think it's going to continue to grow. Yeah, it's scary when the robots start coming for doctors. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and radiologists. Yeah, um, that's awesome. And so the U of M, you go to the University of Minnesota. Um, it's like their whole thing is like a research institute, right? That's like their whole shtick is like we're research. Like the entire U of M is like they do. They yeah, do all it. university hospitals
1: are really focused on research as well as patient care. But, you know, if you go to a different private hospital, they usually don't do research, but university hospitals always do a lot of
0: research. Yeah. Yeah. So it's probably a good, like a place, good place to be if you're interested in like the, the, the cutting edge of, of medicine. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, so you're out here in Jackson. It is your uh, third, is it your third time here or second time here? This is my third time in Jackson. Third time in Jackson, you made the drive all the way from Minneapolis on your own. How? What do you think of the drive? Uh it was long, but I was excited to get here. Yeah, the drive out. There's always that uh, that uh, the exciting expectations of the trip, and so it's really fun, and it gets it gets more scenic the farther west you go mm. so it's like it, it kind of builds your excitement you're saying south dakota isn't scenic i'm saying south dakota <laughs> most of south dakota is not scenic yeah. and like well even you start in minneapolis you go like southern minnesota it's just cornfields you go south dakota it's like just open plains and the black the black hills are cool and then if you went to the through the bighorn mountains are cool right did you go through, the, did you go through um what city is that uh i can't think of city but there's the bighorn mountains are in like north kind of east central wyoming Mm -hmm. they're cool um and then there's a blank spot between like riverton and dubois (laughs) nothing there yeah
1: that was a tough part of the drive.
0: yeah um and then then once you get to dubois it's really cool there you you get around these like red rock features and you'll see like elk and stuff Mm -hmm. so it gets better but then on the way back i hate to break it to you it sucks because you're leaving like it takes 40 minutes like to get to the Tetons and then it's after that it's downhill. Like literally downhill cuz we're at elevation but then also it gets flatter and flatter and more cornfields and you're just like Ugh, and you home. Great spot. Yeah, I have to go home. Like the scenery is shitty. I still have 14 hours to go. Yeah. I'm alone. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah. Throw on throw on a podcast and that's the idea when we 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 did that drive like Four four times last year, Mm -hmm. Tan and I would just switch off podcasts. Like one Joe Rogan podcast that I could find is a good one, like three and a half hours, great. And then like she'll do like one of those murder podcasts and switch to like some just XM radio and and then just kind of maybe sleep a little bit. No shoes radio, a lot of No Shoes radio. That's been on my favorites. That's like until recently that was like the main reason I kept it (laughs) because I had it on like my last car and then I kept it on my truck now. It's legit. Um so uh when you when you first came out here, was that with um was that with my dad and Ryan? Yeah, it was. Yeah. We they we had this trip all planned to come out here in the winter do some skiing when Joel and I were in college, and the trip was already booked and I tore my ACL playing football and so then Joel still came out with my brother and my dad to go skiing. Yeah, I don't care why I wouldn't.
1: Yeah, I just gotta take your spot. Yeah,
0: um, and you said earlier that you had a story you wanted to tell about that inst that trip, um, so this would be the time to share it.
1: Um, well, I'm an okay skier. I'm not like the best skier or anything. Uh, but we would always wake up really early in the morning uh, to go skiing. So, you know, get breakfast, coffee at the hotel. And then we start off on some of the smaller uh, hills at Jackson. And then, you know, after we got a couple in, we went up to, uh, we took the tram up. And right as we took the tram up, I started to, you know, the food was going through me, the coffee was going through me, I realized that I needed to to go number two. And so I told Chuck, I'm like, hey Chuck, I'm just going to head straight to the uh chalet the casper lodge like halfway down the mountain
0: yeah
1: and then so i like start going down and i'm like oh man i gotta i really gotta go i gotta (laughs) go a lot faster now and so i just start like booking it down the mountain and i'm not a great skier or anything and i'm like coming right to one of the catwalks and i'm still just like flying because i really gotta go and then i fall and it was like a bad fall. Both skis fell off. Oh, yard like sale! Bruise everywhere. My knee was like so so torn up. And uh, yeah, but I I was, I was still dry. I had to check that, and I made it made it to the lodge, and just like ran right downstairs. And and uh, I go into the bathroom, and I'm like running into the bathroom, and your dad is standing there peeing, and I have my my helmet on and my ski goggles on, and he's like. Rosen, what are you doing? (laughs) Like, I'll talk to you later, Chuck. (laughs) Yeah, you didn't have time to
0: take off your goggles and helmet because you just shit so (laughs) (laughs) fast. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was... uh, That's hilarious. That was my... Chuck likes telling that story. My my favorite slash funniest, most embarrassing story from skiing at Jackson.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's fucking hilarious. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, separate from the bathrooms, what did you think of, like... The size of the ski resort, the feel of the ski resort, like, y- like you said, you're not a, you're not a great skier, but you did fine here and I've skied with you before and you do fine. Yeah. But like, you know, how's it feel coming in as like not an expert?
1: Yeah. Uh, I usually don't lack confidence when it's coming to to <laughs> sports and yeah, I usually like to talk a little crap. And so, you know, I was, I was, uh, expecting that I could handle it a little bit better than I did. It's, it's really steep. It's steeper than anything. Yeah. I've never skied before. Um, and you, and I, you've you skied uh, – where other where, where else have you skied outside of, like, Minnesota? Um, In Colorado a couple times, like Steamboat and Copper Mountain. Didn't uh, your family go to – do you guys used to go to Switzerland when you were little? Yeah, when we are my family is really good family friends in Switzerland. Yeah. So I learned to ski there when I was three, and then I went back there a couple of years ago, and we skied one time. It was, like, kind of late in the year. But I got to ski there as well in the in the Swiss Alps, which is super cool.
0: What resort was that? Like Zermatt.
1: Ooh, I can't remember what it's called. Oh. It's on the backside of Chamonix. Chamonix is the big one there, in but France. this was that's a in, smaller yeah. one. Yeah, it's right on the French side.
0: Oh yeah, that's sick. Yeah. How do how do how do the Alps compare to like what you've seen here and in Colorado and stuff?
1: Um, it's very similar to Colorado, I would say. That it's, it was easier. The place I skied was easier than here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've never skied with you here, I don't think. And so I've never done, like, the back bowls. And, you know, I've kind of just skied with, done what your dad does.
0: So, yeah, and I think that trip, too, there wasn't great snow, and it was just super cold, right?
1: Yeah, it was freezing. Yeah, was so
0: with those, with those conditions, and he, Chuck doesn't really go out of bounds anyways, but, like... He's if, usually
1: at the, at the hot tub in the bar by... Noon or one Yeah, No yeah Chuck's
0: <laughs> Chuck's rule is Hot tub by Three Because he talked to A ski patroller once And they said that Like 90% of their injuries Come between three and four Because everyone's tired At the end of the day And then they get Lackadaisical And they eat shit yeah. So Chuck's like Alright I'll be in the hot tub Before then So you won't even need To worry <laughs> about me <laughs> Yeah so, that makes sense Yeah so like And us kids are like Ripping up until like f- You know we're taking Last chairs up Because we yeah. need to get As many runs as we can in but Chuck's been in the hot tub, showered out, and back over to the bar by made, us. Made
1: some new friends already. Yeah, he's been
0: hiking around in his hiking boots. Yeah. we got. I got to get Chuck on here. Dad, next time you come out, you're coming on the podcast. <laughs> I asked him one day, and he wouldn't do it. You can get him, too. Yeah. And I'll, I'll say the only way you can stay in the house is if you go on the podcast.
1: Yeah, there you go.
0: Yeah. Um, awesome. And... So that, that was in the winter. So now you're here in the summer, a little bit different, but, um, talk about like what you like about being here in the summer versus the winter and, and the stuff that we've done.
1: Yeah. I've loved it so far. We, uh, went over to Teton links
0: golf course, the links at Teton peaks, The links at
1: Teton peaks golf course, um, which is awesome. It was my first time ever golfing in a, in a mountain setting. Uh, and then we went on a hike on monday which was was incredible as well Um, very steep i definitely didn't have the lungs for it yet and then we rented mountain bikes and this is my first time ever mountain biking and started off pretty slow but by the end of the day I think it uh, was something that I definitely want to do again. And we went to, uh, we would go up and then ride down, and then go to a new spot and go up and ride down and go to a new spot. And uh, I think I almost like Jackson in the summer more. There's a lot, there's a lot of different activities to do. And
0: yeah, totally. Yeah, we we were with the mountain biking. We were um, we rented from Wilson Backcountry Sports. My friends over at Wilson Backcountry Sports. Um, we tried to go to Phillips Ridge, but it was raining on us there, and they were like, "All right, let's go look over somewhere else." And we could see it was kind of clear over a pass, a trail on the pass. So, like, all right, let's do that. And it kind of, it's kind of sprinkled on us there, right? Like a little bit, just a little bit. Yeah, and it was windy, but then we got in the trail and it was good. And then that one was probably a little bit too hard. I mean, it, I, I purposely did that one so that, like, kind of like baptism by fire, like the other ones you'd be totally cool with. Yeah, because um this this trail parallel there's like some pretty big jumps on there but you can still ride around them and there's some chunky rock areas that if you don't really know how to navigate a mountain bike they're tough so joel kind of had to walk a little bit but then after got warmed up on that we went back over to the cache creek area because it looked sunny over there we we're kind of just chasing the storm you being chased around by the storm did putt-putt um which do you like do you like that one right yeah it did. that was wet that was kind of wet
1: yeah it wasn't very steep. It was pretty flat.
0: Yeah. And then we did uh, Farrens, which is probably my top two favorite trails here. Yeah, that was my favorite. Yeah. And even above where we went, we didn't go all the way up because of daylight. Um, it's above where we were. It's like three big, really long switchbacks. So you can just fly down these switchbacks and you're just, the trees are really tight around you. So you feel you're just flying through the trees. And then when you get up to the top, you can see the grand and there's a little hangout spot at the top. And it's, it's kind of just a good, like it's a fun place to hang out while you're resting for the way down. Cause you're not worried about like, you don't feel rushed to get back down. Cause it's a cool spot to chill.
1: Yeah. I definitely want to,
0: want to try it again. You should get I'm a bike. It was raining. Yeah. And, and it's oh, a little yeah, early, yeah. like the, there's still more trails that are out there that just aren't melted out yet. So that's a, that's a big piece of it too. Yeah
1: got a sore butt yeah do you think you'll, you you want to buy a mountain bike ever um eventually
0: yeah probably might be a while you but. should like yeah i guess you had some more important things to do going on right now um yeah so what else did we did we did the hike and that was at that was at crystal butte did you think that was on a, like one to ten scale one being or zero being like you know you're walking on the road and ten being like Everest. Where'd you place Crystal Beat? Uh like seven. Seven? Whoa. That's a that awesome. high or low? Probably pretty high. I mean, yeah, it's it's a good hike.
1: Or oh, Everest ten is Everest. I don't yeah. know, maybe
0: five. Yeah. I'd probably say five. Four or five. Yeah. Awesome. Um so yes, yeah, so you mentioned you went to Switzerland. Why did you go, was that like a study abroad thing? You're just kind of, you're just touring around Europe, right?
1: Yeah. After I graduated from college, I had one year before I, one year off before I started medical school. So I worked for the first half of that year and then I've, we have those good friends that live in Switzerland. And so I went and lived with them and, uh, in Geneva and we, and then I, went and visited other friends around europe that were studying abroad Mm. Uh, but when we were in geneva the family i stayed with is really active family and so we would we'd pretty much go on a hike every day Mm. uh, except we would like run up the (laughs) the mountain he's a freak he would keep a time log of every single hike that we do and Uh he had the it dated and so he would he want to beat his time oh man Uh, yeah every time he would go to that same spot and but all the hikes are overlooking Lake Geneva, which is just a gorgeous lake. And so, you know, wherever you go, there's mountains surrounding it. You can always look at the lake.
0: That's awesome. I'm just going to, I want to Google Geneva real quick. Hmm. So Geneva is G- Geneva's one of the bigger cities in Switzerland, right? Let's see. Elevation only, that's not very high up or is that meters?
1: um i'm not sure i mean that's it's, it's not high but there's
0: mountains everywhere
1: yeah there's the alps surrounding it
0: that's and so cool So,
1: chamonix is like the biggest uh the biggest mountain in the area which is is definitely one of the the bigger ones and yeah. there's all these castles surrounding the lake and so we would go to the different castles one of the coolest things actually was the across the lake, there's this tiny little town where they used to do the music festival. Where in one of the one of the years, the whole stage started burning down, and then one of the the <laughs> bands sang the song, or wrote the song "Smoke on the Water." And oh so that's man, what, well, that's what the the uh, song is from. But it's this Montreux, child, yeah, Montreux, and then. It's also where Queen went to start recording some of their last albums because, you know, they're a bunch of wild dudes who love to party and <laughs> whenever they're in London, they would just go way too nuts. And so they found this quiet little town in Switzerland and they bought a recording studio there. And it's where uh, Freddie Mercury sang his, his last couple of days before he died he recorded The Voice for their last album uh-huh. uh, when he was, like, really sick with AIDS, and then he went back to London and passed away. And then the whole band came later, and they, they created the music around Fre- Freddie Mercury's voice. Whoa, that's that's nuts. Yeah, so they have a shrine to Queen in that city, and that was super cool to see. And then the movie came out, like, a year later, so it was awesome.
0: Did you see that movie? Yeah, I loved it. I loved it, too. That was an awesome movie. His His vocals are, like like there's not any other singer that you can com- even compare his sound to. Yeah, he can range like I think it's like 8 octaves or 6 octaves
1: or something like the most any singer has ever been able to range.
0: Yeah, they say in the movie and it's like kind of true what they say in the movie, but it's cuz so he has like oversized teeth or something or like extra teeth and that allows him to give the higher octave. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, cuz you know his like teeth are like kind of different. Yeah. But yeah. That, that, um, if you've seen the video of him at that, um, of them at that live aid concert, um, yeah. like the famous one yeah. at that at the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like insanity. He's playing to like, I mean, I don't know how many people they stuffed into that stadium, but it was like 200,000 or some shit. Yeah. It'd be right? such a rush. Yeah.
1: If I could do any, if I had a dream job, it'd be, it'd be a rock star. <laughs> Go be a rock star. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you the, not be a rock star? I don't have the talent. Do, do you still play guitar? uh every once in a while yeah i sold did piano mine. every once in a while too
0: did you take any instrument did you do any instrument when you were like growing up yeah i did piano so can you jam out on there i used to be
1: able to i kind of like picked it up again the last couple of years and then the last year it's kind of dropped off again but i still like it i think i'll do it more you know later when i have a little bit more time but something i definitely want to do is as an adult
0: yeah, I got I got a guitar just from like Facebook Market because I wanted to like learn to f- learn a few chords and just be able to kind of strum along to some things like just chilling out, you know, at a bonfire or something. Yeah, at a campfire. But then I started playing it, and I mean, I got a few chords. But then, like, I got busy, and then like you lose all the progress that you gained, and like the few chords you learned. And then I was just like, I don't have enough time to like actually learn this. Yeah, on my own, <laughs> I was yeah, learning exactly. it off of YouTube. Yeah, you, you got to bring up our uh,
1: our one. True deep passion that we share,
0: <laughs> and what not? That? Not
1: our one, but what is the main one? Uh, Kenny Chesney, p- yeah,
0: yeah. So Joel and I have been to uh, five Kenny Chesney concerts together, um, ranging from Target Field in Minneapolis, U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis, uh, multiple times for those, and then Miller Park in Milwaukee. Um, and we, I mean, you, you've gone to like. How many study, uh, concerts have you been to? I've gone to
1: nine, and it's yeah. always the best day of every summer. And we've gone together every year, pretty much. That
0: he toured, yeah. But well, you've been doing it for longer than I have, yeah. and you were like a longer fan of Kenny than I was. Yeah. But then we started going together, and it's like a whole nother level. Yeah. Because those concerts are insane. We we've been in the in the sandbar, which is like the pit right around the stadium, or right on the stand. High five in Kenny. Yeah. Yeah. Our. The uh, One of the ones at Target Field, we got there when the gates opened, ran down and got our spot on the stage, like, touching the stage like I am touching this table, um, and stayed there for all of the acts and all the way into Kenny all the way through the night because, like, if you moved an inch, you'd lose your spot. So we were, like, so dehydrated at the end of it, dude. Yeah, that was-, was a
1: long day, but, like, once Kenny and like, you know, you kind of slowly come down. But then once Kenny went on, yeah, no, I don't think we we'd stop singing like the whole time yeah we both lost our
0: voices we were both like it was like a physical feat to stand there because we were like memories of my life yeah that was a great one yeah and because you're like in the sun like most of it's in the sun there's no shade luckily we had um will and katie yoder to it kind of shuttled some waters to us (laughs) because like we could have like actually damaged ourselves sitting out there for six hours drinking booze and not any water yeah yeah that was awesome and then I, I really, we late the last few we've gone to, instead of going into the pit or like on the on the floor, we go like one row off the floor, which is usually elevated, so you can see him better, and it's like, way cheaper, but it's just as close as any floor seats. I've been digging those spots.
1: Yeah, those have been good, and we would have went this year, but yeah, we had the tickets, postponed.
0: had the tickets bought for uh, was going to be in U.S. Bank, mm-hmm. um, for his what's it called chillaxification tour and then the other day he just announced that he's postponing it for the year so we can either get once they announce the next year's tour dates we can either get a refund there or put it to a new concert so we're not quite sure what we'll do yet but that'd be a bummer yeah awesome well is there anything else um mountain related you want to talk about um I mean I hope we have a good day tomorrow
1: and it'll be uh clear skies. We kinda made a good adventure today. Yeah, it we was pretty shitty here in yeah. Jackson
0: today, but yeah, yeah we I went
1: we saw made I mean, you know where we went, i d I'm not really sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, we so we started driving up by the airport and it was just like pouring rain. And then we went over to um Shadow Mountain and that's where we turned off on onto the dirt road initially and then we just followed this dirt road in front of shadow mountain uh just north of there there there's like a little hike there and we just hiked up and just kind of looked around because you can see the see the tetons and you can kind of see the whole valley from that area you know like you're on the edge of the valley but so you can see the whole thing spread out under you and you're high enough where you can get a really good view there it's kind of like a uh it's not it's not a very common hike like people don't really talk about that one you don't really see pictures from there but yeah, i really like that one um and then we drove back and then we went up past the kelly warm pools and then back to slide lake what do you think of slide lake
1: that was just super cool that was the story behind it too was yeah You told me it was it's awesome
0: yeah so the the uh there's a lake near here called slide lake It was formed when in 1920 something, a giant chunk of this mountain, uh, there was a landslide that happened and it slid down and blocked off the river that was flowing through there and created this giant lake. So there's this giant lake just like in the middle of the mountains, just hanging out. And uh, the funny story around it is that the guy who owned the land under the landslide first, he saw it coming. He saw there was a lot of rainfall and snowfall from the year. And thought there could there could be a landslide happen, and so he sold his land, and then that next fall it slid and like killed the family that bought the land. <laughs> so not that funny, but just like he knew it was coming and he just got out of there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's just like a, a, you know, a lot a lot of the um, geological features you see. It's like you know happens thousands of years ago, millions of years ago, but that one happened a hundred years ago, and it's like a major feature on the landscape because it's like. The mountains out there are like just covered in pines and then just one chunk is just like someone just took an ice cream scooper out of the mountain. And it's just not there. It's yeah. just out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, I wonder what it will look like in 100 years if the trees will ever regrow there. But it's a good story and it's a cool lake.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if it, they could grow. Because it's been 100 years. you think if they could grow, they would have by now. Yeah. Maybe it needs to settle for a while. Um, but yeah, and then we went farther back. We did, we did some mudding. It's a dirt road back there. We went farther back to Crystal Creek Campground, which is a fun spot that Taylor and I are special to us. Um, And what'd you think of the mud and getting back there? I
1: was mudding,
0: brother. Yeah, it's just like a mountain road. That's just a dirt road, but it was really sopped up today. Like we kind of. There's one spot that was kind of sketchy. Slide off the cliff once. I I didn't would not have called it slide off the cliff. We Came
1: back and our tire marks were like six inches away from the edge of the cliff <laughs> we were getting we had to get <laughs> so out of whether day, you think it or not like there's proof that we were close
0: we had to get out of the way for another truck coming and then it like there's like the grooves where all the tires are going and like you know you're sliding around trying to get out of there to get out of the way and we're fine now we're here yeah. we're out of it um yeah so that was awesome you know it's a good day i, I was saying this when we got back you know it's a good day when you're tr- when the the vehicles come back all covered in mud can't even read. you can't even read my license plate right now yeah and everyone's got mud all over their pants yeah cool and then what else we do we came back then we just oh we traveled all that way looking for animals didn't we saw some elk some deer some goats and no moose out there even though that's where i always go to see moose and then we see a moose like a block from our house <laughs> just chilling on the side of the road right next to our house
1: little baby moose yeah Is that
0: that your first moose out here?
1: That's the closest I've ever been to a moose. I mean, I think I've seen others kind of when we're driving by and they're off in the distance a little bit, but that was definitely the closest. I mean, we were were pretty close.
0: Yeah. And some woman, there was another car in front of us looking at the moose. This woman got out of her car with her fucking baby and was like, I don't know what she was going to do, but she like stepped out, started walking towards the moose and then just like came back and got in her car and we're like, lady, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Put your baby bad. back in the car.
1: And then I spent like 20 minutes watching moose attack videos.
0: So. Yeah, Joel Joel <laughs> was not convinced that moose are vicious until he got back here and looked him up on YouTube.
1: Tyler said a m- moose is more dangerous than a grizzly bear with
0: babies. No, I didn't say more dangerous. I said I would rather see a, uh, a grizz in the wild. I'd rather run into a grizz in the wild than a moose with babies.
1: So yeah, that's where I I deviated. But I saw some moose attack videos and they look pretty terrifying now.
0: Yeah, they're gnarly. They're giving cause like it's hard to tell like their scale, but like mo a full a full grown bull from like t- from like foot to shoulder is like eight feet. And then yeah. like the whole the mass of them is above that. And then their antlers are even higher than that and their antlers are like the size of this fucking table. So like it's a real big deal, yeah. and they're aggressive, and like so the bulls are aggressive when they're in the rut, obviously, and then the moms are aggressive when the the is around, which is like there's only a little bit in the summer when they're kind of just chilling. But there there's a lot of there's a lot of big scaries here, yeah, yeah. Between the elk and the moose, bears, mountain lions, wolves, there's a lot of shit that doesn't that can fuck you up here, and somebody. Oh, so Yellowstone opened on Monday. And if you follow me on Instagram, I, I posted a screenshot from one of our local newspapers. Somebody already got mauled by a buffalo three days into Yellowstone being opening. And yes, it was a tourist trying to take a fucking picture. Like people, how many times do you have to say it? Damn tourists. Damn tourists. How many times do you have to say it? They're real animals. Like stop walking up to them. Do you see all these stories?
1: Yeah. Yeah, you you send me a lot of them. Yeah,
0: every year people die from getting mauled by bison because they're bison they're you know by the tourist areas, by the bathrooms, by the gift shops, and they think they're just like fucking pets or like fake or something and they go up and touch them or put their kids on them or put them in a truck. Like what are these people doing? Yeah. Where are these people from that they keep thinking that's okay? We need to change this. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: anything else? Uh, I don't think so. Thank you for having
0: me. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, so, wh- where tell tell all the folks if they want to follow some a doctor on his rise to prominence, where should they follow you on on Instagram or Facebook or something like that?
1: Yeah, I'm Tell not very Instagram. I'm not very active on social media, but my Instagram is jrosenberg09 I think.
0: Jrosenberg, jrosenberg09. Yeah. Awesome. And if you have any um urological issues, <laughs> DM them to me and I will pass them on to the doctor and we can we can get you helped out.
1: Yeah, there you go. I'll give you some
0: free advice. Free advice. It's free urolog urological advice. All right, everyone. That's an episode. Um, I've been doing job lately. I've been doing like, uh, more in the pandemic stuff, like a kind of a weekly, like tip for the week, like do go do this, go do that to stay sane and healthy. So what's your like weekly tip for the week?
1: Uh, I think every day it's extremely healthy just to get outside and go get some exercise, get your heart rate up or just go get some fresh air. And every time when I'm, you know, I, usually do some work in the morning and then i start to go just crazy by not seeing anyone and i always just go outside and, and go do something to get my mind off it and go get some fresh air and i start to feel a lot better
0: yeah definitely that's good advice i've been saying wash your hands and read a book <laughs> doing, i've been doing a ton of reading in this
1: yeah yeah all
0: right everyone thanks again for listening and uh yeah have a good week